Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 270 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word to learn more about you. Help us learn more about you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what we can learn in Matthew chapter 3. We read about John the Baptist. John's work was to prepare the people for Jesus' coming. He preached repentance. I love the Amplified Bible's interpretation of repentance. Sometimes the feelings of shame can accompany a repentant heart, but not according to this definition. Think differently. Change your mind, regretting your sins and changing your conduct. It doesn't say anything about shame or condemnation. May we ask for forgiveness and fully receive it every time we ask. Sometimes it's harder to receive it when we feel shame, but forgiveness and shame do not need to coexist. Let's live in the freedom Jesus died to give us. John the Baptist baptized many who came to him. He baptized with water. But I love verse 11 where he says, But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy or fit to take off or carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We are more than blessed to receive the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Even though John knew his place in relation to Jesus, he baptized Jesus that day. John strenuously tried to object, but Jesus told him it needed to be done. As soon as Jesus was baptized, we read that the heavens were opened and John saw the Spirit of God descend upon him and heard God say, This is my Son, my Beloved, in whom I delight. Ah, the voice of God calling his Son Beloved, loved by God. I love when God touched the earth with this message. We start the second letter of Thessalonians today, which was written just a few months after the first. Paul addressed a misunderstanding resulting from his first letter. The church had misconstrued the time frame of Jesus' return. They thought his return was imminent, which clouded their perspective. This letter clarifies the issue. In chapter 1, Paul commends the Thessalonians for their steadfast faith, especially through all the persecutions they were experiencing. To him, it was proof of their faith in Jesus Christ. He writes about the return of Jesus and how believers will marvel and admire him. What a glorious day that will be. Then in verse 11, he writes, With this in view, we constantly pray for you, that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling and his every gracious purpose of goodness, and with power may complete in your every particular work of faith. Paul prays that power be given to the Thessalonians to complete their work and run their race to the finish line. May we too walk in the power of God and finish our race strong in God's strength. Let's see what Isaiah is prophesying in chapter 49. This chapter is written as if Jesus was talking. He was the one whose words would one day cut like a sword. He strove to save Israel for the Lord. He also came to save us, Gentiles. His own people are prophesied to reject him, and we know they do. But one day, every knee will bow to him. We read that Jesus would lead people out of darkness and bondage and into light and freedom. Verse 10 says, They will not hunger or thirst, neither will mirage mislead or scorching wind or sun smite them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them, and by springs of water will he guide them. This verse is also referenced in Revelation chapter 7, verses 16 and 17. We can hold on to this promise of God's care. In verse 14, there is a shift. It speaks more to the time they would eventually experience in Babylonian captivity. God's people wondered if he would leave them there forever. We see God's reply in the rest of this chapter and part of the next. He cannot ever forget them and will never leave them. 
He never leaves us either. He refers to taking care of them just like a mother takes care of her children. She could never forget them, and the Lord loves his people far more than this. He will not forget about them even when they are in captivity, and he will never forget about us either. Lastly, God says he will avenge Babylon. He will avenge all the enemies of those whom he has chosen to be his. May we wait on the Lord to avenge us just as he promised to do with Zion. In chapter 50, the Lord tells his people there is no certificate of divorce that would separate him from them. He told them it was their transgressions that temporarily separated them. In verse 4, Isaiah switches the voice and we read from Jesus' perspective again. Jesus says he will speak a word to those who are weary. He tells them God has given him instructions from which he will not back down. He would allow the backbiting, shame, spitting, and pain that will come against him. Verse 7 says, For the Lord God helps me. Therefore have I not been ashamed or confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. Jesus was held up in God's strength as he walked this earth and walked toward his death. He came to light the darkness. May we be forever grateful that he walked out the full mission that God gave him. Let us praise him today and every day. Let's see what Psalm 89 teaches us today. Ethan, an Ezraite, wrote this psalm. The same situation plagues Ethan today that plagued Heman yesterday. Rehoboam was taking a different path than the wise one. Ethan writes 37 verses of praise to the Lord, recounting all the wonderful things he has done and all the mercies he showed King David. And then he writes 15 verses about how the Lord cast them off. God's covenant was in force only until the people disobeyed him. King David and his son Solomon were highly esteemed by the Lord and cared for in every way. However, Solomon married an Ammonite woman who was Rehoboam's mother. This goes all the way back to Genesis. Ammon was born to one of Lot's daughters, with Lot being the father. Because Lot's wife died without leaving any sons, the daughters made a plan to sleep with their father to carry on the bloodline. Neither of Lot's sons revered God. The Ammonites were more often enemies of the Israelites than they were allies or friends. And we often see sin in the Old Testament when the Israelites went out of their tribe to marry. This may help explain what is happening here. Regardless, the Lord turned his favor away from the Israelites for a time due to their lack of revering him and disobedience to him. We see the pain they suffered. At least those who still followed and loved God suffered pain. As we read here, let us pray. O oh Lord, thank you for your word that shows us more of who you are, your power and might, and your love for your people. Lord, thank you for making a way for us to be yours. Help us follow you all the days of our lives. Keep our hearts turned to you and away from the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.